0: Welcome back. We are glad that you have chosen to join us as Pastor Tim shares a message from Matthew 7, 21 through 23 entitled, The Most Awful News You've Ever Been Told. Today we come to the worst passage in the Bible. It is a message from Jesus for those who suffer with delusion and for those who suffer with confusion concerning what it really means to be saved. Pastor Tim invites you to listen to this message as a warning. It's the most awful news you've ever been told. Here's Pastor Tim, Amen, Amen. Thank you so very much. Let me
1: invite you, if you will, take your Bible, turn with me this morning to Matthew chapter number seven. Matthew chapter number seven. In fact, I think I want to ask you to hold your place there for a minute. Go ahead and turn there. That's going to be our main passage. I want you to turn to Second Corinthians chapter thirteen. There's a verse there that uh, I think before we're through, you need to mark at least in your Bible or in your heart. And uh, know that that verse is there. I'll get to that one in a minute. How about that? Last week I mentioned to you uh, a quote from John Newton, who is the writer of the hymn Amazing Grace. If you know anything about John Newton's life, his life was not something that you would really think that you would applaud in church. I mean, he he was a rough guy. He was a bad guy. And uh, But yet, the grace of God got a hold of him, and he couldn't see anything except amazing grace, and knew how amazing it was. Anyway, one of the things that he said in the quote that I mentioned to you last week was this. When I get to heaven, I shall see three wonders there. The first wonder will be to see many there whom I did not expect to see. <laughs> I think that's true, isn't it? There could be some folks in heaven you didn't think was going to make it, and yet they're there. He said, and the second wonder will be to miss many people who I did expect to see. And the third and greatest of all will be to find myself there. That's got to be the truth, isn't it? To know that one of these days, when you get to heaven, number one, the fact that you're just there. I mean, that's, that's great, that's amazing and marvelous all within itself. And then to be able to see people that maybe you didn't think were really going to be there. I mean, that's, that is a joyful, happy, Revelation, when you get there, right? saddest part of that, though, is that middle phrase. When there are people that you fully expect that are going to be there, maybe they are, I don't know, Christian celebrities. Maybe they are family members. Maybe they're friends that you've had for a long time. Maybe they're church members. And you fully expect that when you get there, you're going to see them there too. And yet you don't. That really is what this message is about today. I'm reminded about the atheist teacher in her class when they began to discuss the Bible and said that one little boy that was in the class said that uh, Job went to heaven. And she said, Job did not go to heaven. And he said, yes ma'am, he did go to heaven. She said, no, he did not go to heaven. they argued back and forth about Job, whether he went to heaven or whether he didn't. And the lady just really kind of came to a point of saying there's no such thing, you know. And so the little boy said, well, I'll prove it to you. When I die and go to heaven, I'm going to look him up and make sure he's there. And she said, well, what if he didn't go to heaven? I said, well, then you look him up. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there's no in between, is there? You're either in heaven or you're in hell. There, there, there's not this uh, coming back and having a redo, you know. There's not some purgatory where you kind of make up for yourself till you can get there. There's not any earning our way into heaven. And yet there are too many people that find themselves right there, at least not in their spoken theology, but in the way that they really believe in their heart, the way that they believe about themselves. I have to tell you, today I want to share with you what I believe is the most awful news that you've ever been told the most awful verses that you're going to see anywhere in all of the Bible. And it's that middle section of people that we were just talking about. The people whom you believe are going to be in heaven, the people that they themselves believe that they're going to be in heaven, they expect that when they die they're going to stand before God and God's going to say to them, well done, good and faithful servant. But instead what they hear is what's in our verses today, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. What a, what a shameful time. What a terrible time. What awful news. I, I'm sure you've heard some bad news in your life. It may be disappointment. It may be a death. It may be, it may be any, any number of things that could happen to you. It may be a diagnosis. But I want to tell you something, this depart is the most awful news that you'll ever hear in all of the world. In fact, you may know the the name D. Martin Lloyd-Jones. D. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, these are in many ways the most solemn words ever uttered in this world. Now where we are in Matthew chapter 7 is the very end of the Sermon on the Mount. In fact, it's the next to the last illustration that Jesus is going to give. It's pretty important, isn't it? He's coming down to the very end of the message, and this is what he has to say. I believe that there are people there that day that will be just like people that are here today. People who need to hear the message, but don't think that they need to. People who need to hear the message but are offended that they hear the message. Have you ever shared the gospel with somebody or just questioned the gospel in somebody's life only to have them get angry? To get mad? Why would you you ask that of me? How how dare you ask me if I'm really a born-again Christian? I want to tell you something. If somebody comes along to share the gospel... There's not a sweeter story that can be told. I don't know how many times I can hear it and not get something out of it, right? But there'll be those that won't like this. That's why I've taken you to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Look, if you will, in verse number 5. Verse number 5 ought to be marked in your Bible. Verse number 5 ought to be in your heart. Verse number 5 ought to be a verse that ought not make you mad. It ought to be a verse that you adhere to. It says this, examine yourselves. Examine yourselves as to whether you're in the faith. It doesn't say, hey, you're in church, check. That means you're saved. Hey, you've been baptized, check. You've been saved. He says, examine yourselves as to whether you're in the faith. And notice the next phrase. Prove yourselves. Prove it. Prove it. How do you prove it? You prove it with the fruit of your life. I mean, I, I, I'm certainly no tree expert. And If you were to take me to some kind of tree and ask me, Tim, what kind of tree is that? A, a green tree. <laughs> If you're in my yard, it's a dead tree. It's a it's a what, I don't know. I don't know what kind of tree it is. Now I can tell the difference between a pine tree and an oak tree. Now I, I'm not that far, but you know I ain't that far apart. But if you were to take me to some kind of fruit tree and say, Tim, what is that? I don't know by looking at the tree, and I don't know by looking at the leaves. I know by looking at the fruit. If there's an apple hanging on it, then guess what? That's an apple tree. If you've got fruit then you probably have a relationship with Jesus. If there's not any fruit, you're probably missing your relationship with Jesus. Examine yourselves. Prove yourselves. Don't let the message go by today because you just don't think you're in it. Alright? Here we go. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 7. I want you to see it. Jesus is talking to a group of people and sharing with them what it means really to be a Christian. And then he comes to this passage. Look, if you will, in verse number 21. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Let me give you a couple of things here today. Number one, I want you to know that you can say it and still not be saved. You can say it and still not be saved. He begins that in verse number 21 by saying, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, In other words, not everybody who claims to be a disciple of his, not everybody who claims to be a Christian, not everybody who comes to church, not everybody who's been baptized, not everybody who's given their money, not everybody who served in some capacity, not everybody who simply bears testimony that they belong to Christ really belong to Christ. Since I was a boy, I've heard preachers talk all the time about the difference between a profession of faith and a possession of faith. Anybody can have a profession of faith. They can say that they belong to the Lord. They can call Him the Lord. They will say they believe. As I share the gospel with people, I found myself utilizing what Evangelism Explosion called the two diagnostic questions. Here they are. If you were to die today and stand before God and God were to say to you, why shall I let you into heaven, what would you say? You know, what would you say about that? So maybe we back up a little bit. Have you come to a point in your life where you'd know for sure that if you died today that you'd go to heaven? Do you know? Follow-up question then basically is how do you know that? How do you know? Well, well, well I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I believe. You know what the Bible says about that in the book of James? It says, you believe in God, that's good. It commends you, doesn't it? You believe in one God, that is good. But then it says this even the demons believe and they tremble. The demons believe in Christ. The demons believe in the deity of Christ. The demons believe in the substitutionary death of Christ. The demons believe in all of the right things. And yet they're not going to heaven, are they? Yet they don't have a saving relationship with God, do they? Yet they've missed the point completely, haven't they? Just because I believe in my head, does not believe that I'm changed in my heart. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, he says. You say, yeah, but I think I read a verse somewhere where it said uh, something like, you can't even call Jesus Lord without the Spirit of God. True. True. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. But Jesus is Lord is not put in quotation marks in that verse. It doesn't mean that a heathen can't mouth the words. You know? You, you can't just come to a point of saying Jesus is Lord. Anybody can say that. Right? It's not about whether I can say it, it's whether it's true. It's the Spirit of God who comes into your heart to work in your heart so that you are then yielded to Him as Lord. Listen, the truth of the matter is Jesus is Lord whether you ever utter it or not. He is Lord whether you yield to Him or not. He is the Lord. But is He your Lord? These are people who are standing before God at the end of days and are saying, Lord, Lord. And He's saying, I don't know you. I don't know you. If all you have are your own words, if all you have is your own testimony, then can I tell you that you may be in for delusion? I was 16 years old. If you had asked me, Tim, you going to heaven when you die? Yeah, of course. Why are you going to heaven when you die? Because, I mean, I I, I knew the right answers. I grew up going to church because Jesus died for me because I've joined the church because I've been baptized. I I go through all those kinds of answers, but they're not real. They're not reality. Had I been baptized? Well, I mean, if you count being dunked under the water and coming back up, yeah, I got baptized wasn't real baptism, because it wasn't a change that had gone on the inside. I'd prayed before, but I really hadn't prayed a prayer of faith before. I'd never genuinely asked Jesus to come in my heart and forgive me of my sins, never. Jim, you going to heaven when you die? Yep. And Jesus saying, I don't even know that guy. It's not until I got to that verse in James, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves, that I realized that I was fooling myself. I don't want anybody in this room, I don't want anybody watching, I don't want anybody listening to fool themselves. There is delusion. And the devil will allow you to believe that you belong to Christ even if there is no fruit, you can say it and still not be saved.
0: Join us for part two of Pastor Tim's message as he shares with us how we can turn the warning into a lifesaver. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. The address is church office at Britdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt-David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt-David Podcast.